Coach. Coach, where's the men's room? Yeah. yeah. I'm not your coach. He survived. By the way, Coach, let me get something straight. What's our curfew around here? But you get out of here. It's all right. Get downstairs. Men's room. Are you kidding? Gothamites to Geek Salad episode 171, The Green Bonham Carter Chronicles. <laughs> I'm Andy. I'm Mike. I'm Joe. I'm Catherine. And today we are talking about the rise and uh, plateau. Yes. Of <laughs> the film. An expected rise with and, the and release of Dumbo. Fall and rise and fall, fall and again. rise and fall. And... Of um, one Mr. Tim Burton. Yeah, he's had, he's had more ups and downs than two kangaroos in a mating season. Ooh, wow, <laughs> wow, that that's kind of dirty, Mike. <laughs> Get out of my house, you filth. Um, so yes, actually, I was thinking about this today. This year, we have actually talked a lot about Tim Burton movies. Yeah, kind of yeah, inadvertently, yeah. and this is like our last regular show. It's because we have our Christmas episode um, coming up later on this month. This is our last regular show of uh, 2018. And we have, uh, between the podcast and between the uh, the YouTube channel, we have reviewed Batman, we've reviewed Beetlejuice, we've talked about Beetlejuice, um, we've talked about Batman, we've talked about Danny Elfman's scores, so... We reviewed uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> Nightmare Before Christmas. There's a lot of Tim, there was a lot of Tim Burton tinging this awful long, when will it end there, year. And th- there is no other... Director that is so defined by a genre, right? Exactly. Who, who defines a genre? And like maybe Burton. a director who might, I think, is insanely divisive to to a lot of people. He doesn't. He doesn't really define a genre as no. much as a style. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, striking right. snakes and columns and tentacles and whatnot. <laughs> Just that and we're not of... talking about hentai. Yeah, I was just gonna say. <laughs> yeah, no, we're not talking about that. But it's like I saw something with black and white stripes on some on some like kind of curly, twisty tentacle thing, and I'm like, is this a Tim Burton movie? What am I watching? <laughs> <laughs> now you guys all know that uh, Tim Burton worked for Disney prior to becoming a film yep. director. Yep. Yes. Um, do you know what his big kind of claim to fame movie was? I know. What is it, Mike? Fox and the Hound. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love Fox and the Hound. Apparently, he also I did some. We uh, talked about that earlier this year. He also did some <laughs> artwork for uh, Black Cauldron, but he, but it was never used. Was he an animator, or was I mean? He was an animator. Oh. Yeah, he was just he was. That would just, well, that would explain a lot of his aesthetics then. Right, yeah. it, but he was in the bullpen, so it was just like he was just kind of in that. He area was one of the monkeys at the typewriter. Exactly, exactly. There's not a lot of glory. There's no glory, and it's it's really like hard slavish work. Considering where Disney was at the time, well, yeah, well, yeah, nineteen yeah, two, exactly. Twas not a um, well, a not good a, year, not a good place to be. At but yeah, I mean, there are a lot of people who still hold um, Tim Burton's movies uh, in a high regard. I, unfortunately, I don't think people get excited as they used to. Like I remember seeing, oh, Tim Burton movies coming out. I'll have to see that. And now it's yeah. like, okay, yeah. well, what's it about? What's it about? All right, maybe I'll watch that. Maybe it'll be good. 
And it's kind of funny, like like Mike says, he's defined by a style that any other movie that takes that kind of style, you're like, oh, it's a Tim Burton style movie. Yeah. Yep. Like Coraline. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Which, interestingly enough, was directed by Henry Selleck, mm-hmm. who directed one of these movies on the list. Yeah. But it's like the only movie we can't get away with not lumping into this. Because right? Tim I mean, Burton did everything Tim Burton about. produced a lot of movies, uh, but we're not discussing Batman Forever. We're not discussing right. um, yeah. Alice Through the Looking Glass. You know, we are discussing the stuff that he d- directed with one glaring exception, which we'll get into. Yeah. Um. So let's get started. Um, all right, how many of you guys actually saw uh, 1985's Pee-wee's Big Adventure in the theater? Oh. Nope. No? No. Nope. Man, it's going to be one of those things that I'm the only one who's seen half of these in the theater, right? Yeah. I haven't, I, I haven't even seen it at all. You've so. never seen Beavis Big Adventure? No. Really? Ooh. Exhibit A. A photograph of the victims. My bike and me. Uh. Exhibit B. Another photograph. What's missing from this picture? It's just me. Without my bike! Is this something you could share with the rest of us, Amazing Larry? It wow. Is, it's worth but I was, I was a devoted fan of the, the, morning, the Saturday morning television show. Then you would wow. love the, um, the movie. I mean, I was, I was familiar with Pee Wee Herman because he had his HBO special. Yes. That was Pee Wee's Playhouse. And, but it was a lot more grown up. Like, there was this thing with him and Missy Vaughn where he was given, like, mirrored shoes... <laughs> so we could look up her skirt yeah. oh, and all that. And there was just a lot of um, a lot of more adult-oriented gags. I mean, the, the cast of Pee-wee's Playhouse was there, though. Like, Phil Hartman was playing Captain Carl. Um, and, you know, Miss Yvonne was played by Charlie's mom. So, so, and, so, uh, so, so you know, it kind of decided, amazes you how it made the jump from being an adult-oriented right. HBO show to a kid Saturday morning. Well, Paul Rubens was one of the groundlings. So it was like, yeah. this was just the character he developed. He came up with, which, which essentially is that 50s kitsch, yeah. but, you know, in the body of a man-child. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, for, for a debut movie, this is, this is tailor-made for Tim Burton. Yeah. And music-wise, tailor-made for Danny Elfman. And, and, this was everything. I think I, I used the term before, whiz-bang. Yeah. It could, have been, it could have been one of those movies where... Yeah, or it could have been one of those things where, yeah, he he had such a hit with it mm. that it could have been the thing that he could have been defined by for the rest of his career. Like, oh, it'll never be as good as Pee-wee's play. Well, uh, Pee-wee's, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, Adventure, exactly. There was so much going on in Pee-wee's Big Adventure, though. And it's, it's one of those movies, if you don't get it, you don't get it. Yeah. Right. But when you get it, you you just truly, you grab onto it. There's yeah. so much to love about that movie. I mean, again, you know, it, I'm, I'm talking about right now and I've got the, I've got the Danny Elfman music going through my head. <laughs> yeah. Actually, no, I've got the, the, um, the, the dream oh. thing with the, uh, the devil, Francis is the devil. Oh, now! Now! Bum, 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 bum. The thing I most learned from that movie is that the Elmo does not have a basement. Right, exactly. <laughs> It's it's one of those movies too, uh, infinitely quotable. Yeah, I mean, my favorite line is one of the more obscure lines in the entire movie, which is the uh, "Is there something you'd like to share with the rest of us, Amazing Larry?" <laughs> <laughs> because primarily, I want to know more about Amazing Larry. Right. Who is this sideshow guy with the um, 
with the mohawk that is essentially made out of uh, like Indian feathers. <laughs> but it's just it's just such a fun little road movie. There's lots of interesting characters. Large Marge. Large, large Marge. Marge. Yep. I and that that about scene scared the shit out of everyone <laughs> that saw it. Well, that scene also introduced the the aesthetic of the Tim Burton's. Yeah. They're play, not play. going. They're not great special effects, but they're fun special effects. Right. <laughs> Because the claymation, yeah, the, the very obvious claymation. Um, <laughs> you don't see it coming, though. Yeah, uh, and then you then you watch it like for your, the 80th time. Then you just do like the script, you know, the the freeze frame. Yeah, and then you can see it, like, okay, I see it now. Yeah, large march. <laughs> it was on a night just like, like this. this. And of course, <laughs> the worst out. accident I've ever seen. <laughs> Oh, the tequila scene was iconic. The, the beauty of that is just when when those bikers are threatening to kill him. He's like, "I say we kill him. I say we. I say we hang him, then we kill him. I say we let him go." <laughs> um, there's that that great line with Francis when he when he figures out that Francis. The, his, you know, his nemesis stole the bike. Yeah. And he goes to the house. He's like, Francis is having his bath. Oh, yeah? Where are they hosing him down? <laughs> I mean, the great, thing, the great thing about the movie is that it does a great job of taking what would, in normal circumstances, take a completely annoying, grating character and make him into a sympathetic protagonist. Yeah. I watch a lot of uh, Brad Jones, the cinema snob, mm-hmm. and there are a lot of movies he reviews that try to capture that aesthetic. Of Pee Wee's Big Adventure, and they fail no, horrifically. Yeah. yeah, this is—I mean, this is uh, somebody who has full understanding of his character, finding a director that is like, okay, whatever you want to do, I'm good. Well, well because it's such a whimsical Pee Wee's world is such a whimsical world. Yeah, that you really need somebody of Tim Burton's imagination to be able to kind of exactly. Yeah. Everybody, everybody in that movie is like, hey, you made me angry, but I like, like the cut of your jib. Yeah. Let's yeah. be friends. It's the only reason why he got the movie deal. <laughs> I still love that they voiced him over, too. Yep. It's my big scene. Mr. Herman. Aging Mr. Herman. Um, Actually, I mean, and this money, this movie made a decent amount. I mean, in 1985 dollars, it made very good very money. Fine. Budget of $7 million, it made $40 million. Yeah. That's so huge. This, this definitely, definitely, I mean, for, for a first-time director... Right. Like a character that was primarily seen as a kid's... But let's 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 be honest, though. This was not sold on the director. This no. was sold no. on, on Pee Wee Herman. Yeah. yeah. Um, however, let's move to the next movie, 1988's Beetlejuice. You did start hearing from the director of Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Yeah. yeah. My wife and I would like to ask you a couple of questions. Sure, sure, sure. sure. Go ahead, shoot. Well, well, for instance, uh, what are your qualifications? Ah, well, I attended Juilliard. I'm a graduate of the Harvard Business School. I travel quite extensively. I lived through the Black Plague, and I had a pretty good time during that. I've seen The Exorcist about 167 times, and it keeps getting funnier every single time I see it. Not to mention the fact that you're talking to a dead guy. Now, what do you think? You think I'm qualified? That's what got me into the theater initially, was that it was, okay, well, this looks cool, and... Hey, the guy who directed Pee Wee's Big Adventure did it. How bad could it be? For me, it wasn't. For me, it wasn't the. It, it, it at the time, I was like, eh, directors are directors, you know. Outside of Spielberg and Lucas, I really yeah. didn't care. Right. So it was like, oh, it's Michael Keaton playing this character, right? That I wanted to see. 
I mean, for me, it was I came for I came for Burton and it stayed for Keaton. Yeah, because Keaton, we we again we reviewed this movie. Yeah, we've talked about it a lot this year because it was also this is thirtieth anniversary. Yeah. Yep. This it is not a whole lot more you can say about this movie. He steals this, that show, and it Ooh. again it the this I think this is the movie that defined the Burton aesthetic. Absolutely, yeah. this is absolutely this is the most this is where Burton esque comes yeah. becomes part yeah. of the lexicon. Right, Striper Stri- Snakes. Stripey snakes. Yep. Stripey snakes. Yep. A lot um, of claymation. Yep. Yes. Black and black and white and goth and, and twisty and, and absurd not quite uh, absurdist humor. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. Absurdist humor and a very California Art Deco yes. look. Yeah. Um, the set design is just something that I remember, especially because again, nineteen eighty eight spent that time in California, where that's what it looked like. That's what the deco design looked like. Yeah. Which was kind of neat. You know, I love the the Escher esque. You know, stripes and lines and everything. All the halls looked like they they were never ending because but, of the way that they would just run like horizontal said, stripes. Like you said, you come for, you came from the director, you stay for Keaton. Mm-hmm. I mean, the scene where he's in the waiting room, he looks up. He's got the he's yep. got the number. He looks up. No, come on. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, for a guy that he, he's a title character, he's only he's in the movie for less than twenty minutes. Yeah, a lot of people forget that Winona Ryder's character is actually the main character. Well, no, the... no, the main character is Alec Baldwin and Gene Davis. Oh, that's right, yeah. No, no, this is the... No, you're right, you're right, yeah. yeah. They're, they're the... Um, the family that moved The family in. that moved yeah. in. Yeah, no, I'm trying to remember what the Alec Baldwin and Gene Davis' character's last name was. The Maitlands. That is it, yes. Yep. Ozzy and Harriet. <laughs> <laughs> the reason why I remember that because I just remember the flattened guy. Maitland, party at two. <laughs> Like I said during the uh, during our view of this, this is a brilliantly written movie because like you know they they dropped the they dropped this little clue earlier like kind of midway through that if you commit suicide you're cursed to you know spend the eternity. Uh, working as a civil servant, right? And then when they, you see the afterlife, all the people in that civil service office have committed suicide. Oh, yeah, they're all having, yeah. yeah. One, one of them is hung. Is hung I knew then what I did. I did now that I wouldn't have had my little accident. Yeah. <laughs> Was she Miss Argentina? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Coach, I don't think we survived that crash. <laughs> you think? <laughs> Well, I'm not your again. coach. He lived. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right. Movie. And that brings us to another movie we reviewed this year. Yeah. Um, 1989's Batman. Your life won't be worth spit. I've been dead once already. It's very liberating. You should think of it as uh, therapy. Maybe we can cut a deal. Jack. Jack is dead, my friend. You can call me Joker. What what else can we say about this one? Again, I, I just feel it just, bad. It's like, you know, we, we, we picked this to like cap off the year. It's like, oh shit, we talked about a lot of these movies already. Yeah. Well one of the, but, you know, and one of the things we did talk about last time was the fact that it's not very Burton y. He was he was under studio orders. I, th- I think yeah. I think I think from a a directing standpoint, it's not very Burton-y. From a aesthetic point of view, yeah. the way the set designs, 
the cost, costume designs and stuff like that. The, the, the set design, look, the very obvious models. The, the very look of the movie is yeah, Burton-esque. The Go- right. Gotham, Gotham City is very Burton-esque. Well, but actually, that, it's, the actual, yeah, the actual directing that parade scene. That parade scene is one hundred percent Tim Burton, except yeah. for the Prince soundtrack. Well, yes, exactly. That was forced on him. <laughs> <laughs> As was the what happens when we get up the stairs. I, I don't know. We'll figure that out. <laughs> that, that is that is one of the most anticlimactic climaxes to any Batman movie ever created. Yep, just just get up to the top of the tower and just you'll 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 fall down. That's that's all we'll, it is. We'll figure it out. Plus, what's, what was Batman's kill count in that one? Oh, oh God, he was oh, he was yeah he's he's homicidal. no actually it's yeah. not as bad as the next Batman movie, but <laughs> it's um. I mean, he, he does pretty much murder that guy by throwing him off the uh, yeah. yeah off the bell tower. <laughs> um. And then, well, any of the guys who didn't get out of uh, Access Chemical when, you know, the Batmobile. Now, truth be told, he could always just blame the car for that. (laughs) Because he wasn't driving. (laughs) Well, I guess technically he was. Um, (laughs) I still remember, though, and Joe, you might remember this, too, because I remember we had this discussion before. The Batman VHS had the ad for Diet Pepsi with, like, the can with the cape on it. Yep. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So, yes, I'll set the stage. The Christmas of 1989, the biggest thing on my wish list, there were two video cassettes I wanted. Batman and Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yep. Who Framed Roger Rabbit took a year to come out on video cassette. Yeah. Uh, Batman was going to be... That year. It came out the year. The year. And it was, like, unheard of. Man, it was unheard of. because, And we've, we've talked about this before because it was... Cheap. It was yeah. under thirty dollars when most VHS at the time were hundred going like for eighty a hundred dollars. Right, exactly. I mean back back in the Sun Coast days. Oh yeah. Hey, all right, drink is um we there was sell through and then there was price for rental. Mm-hmm. Price for rental was eighty to hundred. There we go. Everyone yep. Lick the bottle, Mike. My God. Well, they, no, it was like a bunch of Oh, liquid he, I, you're, you're he's, right. I understand that. He's, he's not dripping on your floor. I appreciate that, yeah. thank you. Or dripping down my shirt. Even better. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, this movie was like, it was like, I think 25 bucks. Mm-hmm. And the, the the sleeve, oh my God, that sleeve just... Oh, because it, it was a it textured was, sleeve. All it was, was the bat symbol. And but it was close to that but super close it was close textured. Up. It yes. was textured. Yeah, and that little rise. Oh, there. yeah. It was like, oh, this is, this is the stuff right and here. And to my day, <laughs> you know... To the end of my days, I'll never forget the ads in front of it. There was the Diet Pepsi commercial yep. where Alfred is calling the Gotham Convenience Store because apparently there's only one, um, <laughs> saying that you know he wants like a case of Diet Pepsi, just waiting for somebody. Oh, he'll be driving in a car. Oh, you'll know the car. Um, and then after that was a Warner Brothers catalog yeah. ad where they had filmed it. They they had done the voices, which was Mel Blanc um, for both the voices, and then. Mel Blanc died, not oh, during right. not during recording, but during the pickups. They had to change something in there. So there is one part of it where he does, you know, it's like, here we go, and the voice completely changes. A new Warner Brothers catalog. Yep. Oh, God. It's like, whoa, whoa, what happened? I know he's dead, but how does this happen? How can this be? <laughs> Beer is driving. So, um. Yeah, I mean we we've 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 talked about Batman before. It's, yeah, it's, it's 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 been covered so much. It's, it's like, been covered so much, and it's just one of those movies that I think we like it because it set the stage. Hmm. But is it true? Has it truly aged well? 
Not as well, not not as well as you think. No. no. So, all right. Coming up, one we never talk about. Yay. Well, you talk about it all the time. I've talked about it once in like the last ten years. I've know. seen it once. <laughs> all that's Okay. Opening night. It's like every emo girl's favorite movie. Yes, and this emo girl saw it on opening night. So, um, <laughs> 1990s Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> you don't have to hide from me. I'm Peg Boggs. I'm your local Avon representative, and I'm as harmless as cherry. Oh, my. I can see that I've disturbed you. How stupid of me. I- I'll just be going now. Don't go. I'm not finished. Oh! Put those down. Don't come any closer. Just please. Those are your hands. Have you seen... Nope. No? I've seen it once. I'm the only... Oh, you've seen it once. I've seen it like 15 times. I was forced into it. You're on a date. Yes. Okay. All right. Good. It paid paid off later in the night, but hey... (laughs) Who is the emo girl? I'm not telling you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you won't know her. We will. <laughs> oh, dear. All right. So. Moving on. All right, moving on. This is a beautiful movie. This is this is Burton working with characters that only Tim Burton could create. You know, like that that so, that mis, that that misfit that's just not quite right. In this case, it's Johnny Depp with giant uh, garden shears for fingers. Mm. Right. And when you when you take that dark gothic element of it, like the castle on the hill, which by the way is overlooking this quaint, 50s. very uniform fifties esque um, suburb, you know this this community, this you suburb. Know, you know what? This, this, just, this is like this thought just came to my head. Tim Burton's aesthetic is like a mix of. Well, he takes like fifties kit, you know, the John Waters fifties kitsch. Yeah. And runs it through a uh, Hellraiser blender. Pretty much. I was going to go with uh, you know, 1930s Dracula, but... You know what, actually, I think um, 1930s Dracula may be a closer fit. Um, it is... I mean, it's sort, of, it's sort of like a dystopian mirror of 1950s kitsch. Yeah. It's it's all the, it's all the happy stuff with just a little bit of vinegar thrown into it. <laughs> a little, yeah. <laughs> a little salty. Um, this is a good, like, unofficial Christmas movie. Because the, the the climax takes place at Christmas. That's true. Yeah. Kind of like It's a Wonderful Life, and that's considered a Christmas movie. And uh, anything you Michael Hall dies horribly. Yes, exactly. Which <laughs> thanks a lot, Mike. Spoilers because you haven't seen it, but you know that happened. Yeah. All right. You didn't tell me. I knew that. Okay, that's true. That's true. Um, yeah. It's, and, uh, and Johnny Depp is in a lot of makeup. And Johnny Depp is an incredible amount of makeup. Uh, Winona Ryder is. Kind of riding out the wave of that. She's still on her way up. This hasn't been like the caught well, shoplifting this, yet. This is this is when Johnny Depp was really kind of. This is kind of the movie that propelled him into being a a, a movie star. Oh, yeah, a, 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 a first tier movie right. star. 
He had had one starring role before that. I'm Nightmare not counting Cl- Platoon. No, it was Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, no, Crybaby. Crybaby. Cry oh, he yeah. appeared in movies before, but he was never yeah, the he, principal. He wasn't a major no, he, 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 his was... his source of fame was Twenty One Jump Street. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then this kind of propelled him right. into like he was in Platoon. He was in Nightmare on Elm Street. But yeah, Crybaby. Yeah, he was a, it was a small role in Nightmare on Elm Street. You're right. Well, with the giant geyser of blood. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But he, yeah, he's he, the the credit sequence says and introducing Johnny Depp. Right. Whereas. Crybaby, which was a John Waters film, was his kind of like coming out party. Coming out party for movies, and then this this got net net him a Golden Globe nomination, and he's he's heartbreaking in it. He really yeah, is. Yeah, it's such a tragic character, and he just wants so desperate just to be happy. And mm-hmm. it's a, it's funny these these small little facial tics that he that he has when just little things. Delight him. Yes. And it, it's really kind of cool. And then there's that great scene where um, he raises the money. He, he's trying to get a, uh, a salon so he can do people's hair. And then there's that horny housewife neighbor <laughs> that tries to seduce him. And yeah. he's just no clue what to do at all. Right, because he's, he's basically a Frankenstein figure. Yeah, he absolutely is. he's a Frankenstein figure. But it was also like Tim Burton's dream to work with Vincent Price. Oh, that's right. And he was lucky enough to get Vincent Price in that movie. As uh, the creator, who was doing like you know limericks and stuff like that with them, and now it would some poetry. Mm. <laughs> but I just this this is one I think this is the perfect pairing of, of Burton and Elfman because the score is so much a character in this movie. Yeah, my, my, well, you know, you, if you've seen the video, you know. My, my my perfect pairing was the last movie we just well not two movies ago oh yeah Beetlejuice yeah, yeah. this one yeah though, you know I have to go with Mike the that Elfman Beetlejuice is as Elfman as Elfman gets you're right exactly but there's a scene the ice dance scene in Edward Scissorhands with that music it doesn't work any other way it it really just it's very snow globey in terms of the way that the music sounds mm-hmm. and just Edward, like, doing an ice sculpture with his things, and just, it's blowing snow into this California suburb that's never seen snow before. And, um, you know, Winona Ryder's character is dancing in it. It's just, it's, it's a beautiful scene. Yeah. Takes you to get on that now. I think it might be on Netflix. <laughs> God damn it! 1992, Batman Returns. This is my Christmas movie. I just love a big, strong man who's not afraid to show it with someone half his size. Be gentle. It's my first time. <laughs> You make it so easy, don't you? Always waiting for some bad man to save you. I am Catwoman. Hear me roar. 
I love this movie. I I don't know. I don't disagree. This is a great movie. This is, I, I owned it on VHS, and now I own it on DVD, I think. I jumped in. This was another one. I jumped yeah. uh, for, for uh, video when it came out. Because, yeah. again, price to own. I just fucking love this movie. Yeah. It's... I understand. Yeah, Mike has. Believe it or not, Mike has never seen Batman Returns. You've not watched Batman Returns. No. Oh my god, oh Kiwi my Party. God. Yeah, because I, I mean, I didn't see Batman until like I saw they showed it on Channel Fifty Six, I think. Right. Exactly. I, I this was during the stage where you weren't allowed to go to movies, right? Yeah. Okay, so that that can explain a lot. I I know I've got a spare copy to probably give you, or I can just loan you my double disc copy that I have in the in the Batman box set. Well, I'm still Which is really the only way that I watch uh, that I that I own a copy of Batman and Robin. <laughs> yeah, you know that mea culpa never really amounted to much. No, you um, don't. You don't admit that in public, though. right? But Batman and Batman Returns. First of all, I think, and, and I know people will disagree with this. I have had arguments with Steve about <laughs> this because he can't stand this one. Why? Um, a lot of it has to do. Oh, then again, with... he likes the Transformers. Movies, well, yeah, so... I know. No, a lot of it just has to do. I think do you more like with French fries. <laughs> oh, I like onion rings. Okay, okay. but he. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's primarily because this is just not his brand of vodka. And I'll, I'll okay, I'll be. I'm fine with that. I Batman is the Batman movies are subjective. I know people who love Batman forever. You're wrong. Yeah, but I know people who yeah. love Batman Your forever. Your opinion is wrong. I, I think. I think Danny DeVito's Penguin is. Much more divisive than I agree things. with that. I but liked what they did. Yep. Yes, it's, and it, it's divisive. Yeah, it's divisive, but divisive in a good way. I I think if if that makes sense. I will whip this dead horse till the day mm-hmm. I die about da- the way they portrayed da- um, the penguin mm-hmm. in this movie. In 1992, you couldn't have done the original. You couldn't have just done a fat guy in a tuxedo. No. It had to have something there. And I think that Tim Burton, you know, this he looks like a Tim Burton sketch. Yeah. yeah. He just looks like the odd fish boy, you know, mm. with the, you know, with the flipper hands and just like the huge nose and all that. And I just feel that for that aesthetic, at that time, it had to be that. And, it, and the thing is, it worked. And it set the basis for the way the character was portrayed, not just in right. this movie, but in all DC media. Well, if you play, if you play Arkham aside, if you play the Arkham games, the Penguin in the Arkham games is—he's more of an animal. No, he's still human, I, but he's more of a a bestial human. Yeah, he's got the weird nose, but he's—he's primarily. I mean, honestly, the best kind of mingling of the Burton aesthetic and the you know classic comic aesthetic is the Batman the Animated Series. Oh yeah, because right. there, there he is, kind of that well, yeah. bestial. Yeah, the animated human. series. He's still, bases, bases he's still Caucasian, but he's got three fingers, so yeah. it's. Uh... <laughs> no, the interesting thing about this movie is that it caused a lot of controversy because PG thirteen superhero movie that was so scary. Parents were, you know, like I can't believe I took my kid to see this right. PG thirteen movie. Yeah. Um, they pulled the McDonald's toy line, and they had a redo. They not so much redo, but. They never did a, uh, a Mattel. Was it Kenner or Mattel? I don't remember who uh, the... Probably Mattel. Uh, I don't remember the, the toy manufacturer um, that made them. They never actually made the Batman Returns version of Penguin for right. the action figures. It was more... It was closer to uh, the animated series Penguin. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it, because of that, they, you know, they, they just kind of like 
lost their nerve with the toys. Meanwhile, I saw a thing today. Someone brought up a good point that this was the same era where they were making child-friendly toys for hard R movies. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah like Terminator and Robocop yeah, had right. a toy line. <laughs> uh, Clash of the Titans, too? No. Well, no, no the Clash 80s. of the Titans was PG. Just PG. Early 80s PG with boobs. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this movie, though, I mean, first of all, Michelle Pfeiffer. Yes. Michelle oh, Pfeiffer dominates this movie. And in, in more than the dominatrix way that she is dressed. I see what I did there. Yeah. Um, I see. She's so good. Yeah. She's yeah. so good in this. She adds a lot more layers than I think even the comics had ever given her. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I. She's it's, just. It's primary thanks to her that the comics version got so much more layered and complex and became. Well, now it's currently, currently the Mrs. Wayne. Right. No, no, she, no, no, no. no. They oh, never, okay. never went through? No, nope. nope. She, nope. Uh, she, she, uh, she uh, backed out at the last minute. Yeah, oh. one, of, one of the aborted. Comic book marriages of the year. <laughs> One of. That sucks. I've always liked those. There's a whole bunch. Yeah. <laughs> but there's that great, like, she and Michael, Michelle Pfeiffer and Michael Keaton have great chemistry together. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, surprisingly enough, yes, I was I was shocked by how good they were together. Considering yeah. the level of camp that the script had to include in it, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just that scene on the rooftop. Oh, and he rips off the mat, when he rips oh. off the cowl. Oh, oh that end. that was kind of funny, too, because I'm like, hey, wait means- a second, where are the black marks under his eyes? But it, put that aside, <laughs> yeah. though, yeah. It, on an emotional level, it worked. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but the, but again, the scene atop of the of the roof with the, the mistletoe, the yeah. mistletoe yep. scene, and then when they come back to it. Yeah, and then the, they're the, the only two people at the masquerade ball not wearing masks. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, well, because they have, they wear the other all the other exactly time. right exactly that's the point. Mm. I mean, Michael Keaton is more fun in this movie. Yeah, he's he's lighter. Yeah, he's uh, he, uh, you know part of that could just be too. It's the second movie. He's worked his way into the character in context of his storyline. He's avenged his parents' murder. Yep, which we'll never forgive Sam Hamm for. It, I mean, it's it, in, in, a, in a way. I mean. Batman's kind of a secondary character in, in this movie. He's always been a secondary character in these movies. There's there's not one movie, with maybe the exception of Batman, where uh, Batman Begins, where he is the yeah. primary character in the movie. True. He is the foil for the wacky villains. Right. Exactly. I mean, when you think about it, with that original four series, um, there's only two where the actor playing Batman got top billing. So fifty percent of them, because he didn't get top yeah, billing. One is Michael Keaton. Hmm? Neither one is Michael Keaton. No, no actually, it was Michael Keaton oh, really? in Batman Returns. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, well, because that, well, after all the controversy when he got casted as Batman, and right? They exactly. Saw, they saw how good he did as Batman. Well, because Jack Nicholson was also the larger star. Right. Yeah. He got the larger paycheck. Um. He, but he's he's a lot lighter in this. There's a lot better banter. I think that the chemistry between him and Michael Goff as oh, yeah. Alfred is a lot better in this movie too. There's that great bit about discretion. When he crashes up the Batmobile, yeah, he's like, "You just can't take it in Joe's garage, really." Discretion. Let Vicky Vale into the Batcave. <laughs> Sitting here, hi, Vicky. How you doing? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, they bring up Vicky Vale a lot in that, which is like, you, I, I really want to see what happened in between those two movies. Yes. First of all, to find out what happened to Harvey Dent, if 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 he actually battled Two Face in between those mm-hmm. movies, also what spurned him to change his costume. 
Right. Which, honestly, I love that costume. I love the battle armor look as opposed to, like, the musculature. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, the mask fit a lot better. Yeah. It's like his head isn't swimming in the mask. Right, exactly. Right. Yeah. He still can't turn his neck, but... <laughs> <laughs> and the kill count, by the way, we talked about this earlier, the kill count in this movie is much higher. He literally shoves dynamite down a guy's <laughs> pants and lets him explode. <laughs> But no, Batfleck shoots one guy in Batman v Superman. Everybody loses their shit. Oh yeah, well, it's different, it's a different era. I know. Yeah, that's true. He did shoot. Yeah, and it, but but it was also you know not that it, not that it excuses the rest of that fucking movie. But but Tim Burton, anyways Tim Burton is is very much cartoon violence kind of. Yes, right, exactly. It's, I mean, it looks like a kind of bomb that you would get from Acme. Right, in order, yeah. to, in order right. to try to hit the roadrunner and end up blowing yourself up. But unlike <laughs> Batman Forever, they didn't. They decided not to throw in the cartoony sound effects to go along with it. Right. Oh, God, yeah. May I refer you to the, the Riddler blows up the Batcave. <laughs> boing, yeah. boing. Yeah, that was not no, good, good at all. <laughs> I really, Mike, you're doing yourself a disservice by not having seen this yet. It is... You have to watch it. So good. And again, and I talked about this on our Danny Elfman video, which is available on YouTube. I think this is the better Batman score. There were so many more themes in this movie that, that resonate, that stick with you. A lot more strings, a lot of guitar. The Just the, the crazy strings. Yeah. You know, anytime somebody is suffering from any kind of mental but breakdown. I, I have to ask you... Does Christopher Walken do a really All good right. job in this movie? All right, Christopher Walken is kind of a necessary evil in this movie. <laughs> he's not—he's not an albatross around this movie. There are some scenes he is really good in. Yeah, There's that boardroom scene. Yeah, the, yes, boardroom, the boardroom scene, scene was um, the... when he comes when he comes back and he's you know he's talking you know he comes back and finds her in the office. Yep, you know stuff like well, that, I said you know, he's he's very arch, but he's supposed to be right. But there's that great bit, too, with him and, and Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Where it's like, Blue Blood's tire easy. You think you got it in for 13 rounds with Muhammad Shrek? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, yeah, he's, he, yeah, he's, the other two villains you're supposed to have at least some sympathy for. Right. You're not supposed to like him at all. No. Even the Penguin. I mean, and the Penguin is just a grotesque monster. Danny Elfman, I mean, sorry, Danny Elfman, Danny DeVito had to play that character. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. At that time, he had to play that character. I think he played it to the hilt. Yes. And when you go back and you watch, review, like, interviews with him, he loved it. Yeah. It's like, what, what are you going to do? I got, oh, I got to sit in a makeup chair for 12 hours, but after that, I just get to hang, hang around up, and yeah. grab ass with women and eat lots of sushi. Yep. You know? It's just... <laughs> and, oh, my God, what a lech he is. Oh, God, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, gee, when, when he finally, like... Just the it's pussy kind of, I've been looking for. Right. Oh, that that one where he's <laughs> like... so problematic. I'm going to show yeah. my French flipper trick. <laughs> well, that one where he's trying to put that button on that woman. <laughs> oh, oh, God. God. <laughs> and they did this thing. I don't know if you guys noticed that next time you watch it, look at this. Almost every younger woman in that movie is shot the same way. Very rosy-cheeked. Yeah. Very... They, they almost are, like, indistinguishable. And I don't know if that was a... A choice or, yeah. uh, with the with the cinematographer or not, but yeah. Next time, just look at all of the like the secondary women in there, just like the the supporting <laughs> people. Will do. Yes, please. Yes, please indeed. Okay, so next up, this is back. This is back when he was actually putting out stuff on a regular basis. So after Batman Returns, uh, producer credit, and when we'd be remiss not to talk about because when we when we ran into I- our friend Julie from the One Little Spice podcast. 
the other day and told her what we were doing, she immediately said the Nightmare Before Christmas. Which yeah. I'm shocked he did not hit the drive. Well, he, he didn't direct it for two reasons. One, because he was doing Batman Returns at the time. Right. And two, he did not want to do stop motion. He hated the process of stop motion. But the thing is, it's become so ingrained yeah. with the Burton brand. Well, right. He well, wrote, absolutely. He wrote the original poem. Mm-hmm. He he devised this uh, the idea for it when he was doing uh, Vincent. The, the when he was doing Vincent with, and, di- with with Disney money. Yeah, yeah. nineteen eighty two Vincent. And so he this this is his brainchild. He did everything but direct this. Right. Mm. What's this? What's this? There's something very wrong. What's this? There's people singing songs. What's this? The streets are lined with little creatures laughing. Everybody seems so happy. Have I possibly gone daffy? What is this? What's this? There's children throwing snowballs instead of throwing heads. They're busy building toys and absolutely no one's dead. There's frost in every window. Oh, I can't believe my eyes. And in my bones I feel the warmth that's coming from inside. Oh, look. What's this? The hanging mistletoe. They kiss? Why, that looks so unique. I mean, it's interesting when you go back and you look at this and you compare the animation style to this to one of the two he did direct, either Corpse Bride or Frankenweenie. Yeah. Then go back and look at it and go look at Coraline or James and the Giant Peach. Yes. Which Henry Selleck both directed. Yeah. And you can tell there's like this. There's, there's this like this little like, thing. Like this little like, thing. Like a second, like a first cousin. Right. Like if you, you know, if you draw like a family tree. Of stop motion animated movies, you have like Nightmare Before Christmas and like Cousin Line going to uh, right exactly to Coraline. I mean, what makes this a Tim Burton movie other than the the look of the characters, just based on what you know about his animation style, or the is the voice cast? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. they're almost all people he's worked with prior: oh, yeah. Glenn Shaddix, <laughs> Catherine O'Hara, Danny Elfman. Yeah, um, I think Chris Sarandon was one of the only few people he'd never worked with before. Yeah. Who else was in? Who else did voices for that? Uh, I know William Hickey had done some work with him. Uh, yeah, you're looking yeah, it up because yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't remember. But um, yeah, I mean, this is why we, we've reviewed this movie. This is one of those you got to watch it every year. Yeah. But fortunately, you've got a wide berth to watch it in. You don't have to fit it in the month of October or the yeah. month of December. You can watch it anytime yeah, in between. Anytime in between. Yeah. yeah. And, or you can go to uh, Disneyland and go to Haunted Mansion. Yeah. Which, yeah. Well, I remember when this kind of became a staple at Disney stores. You'd see like... The, oh, my like, God, see, like, this. The figures and the... This, I, I think, is to blame for the Hot Topic... Uh, <laughs> the Hot Topic obsession with Tim Burton movies. Yeah. <laughs> there isn't a, a alternative girl that I know who... Goth the girl. second you mention... The Nightmare Before Christmas. It's like, oh, that's my favorite movie. Yep. Really? I'm shocked. I am shocked. I, I know. I'm By the way, this is my shocked face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Catherine, you've been quiet about this one. What are, what are your thoughts on The Nightmare Before Christmas? I, I did enjoy it very, very much back in the day, but I'm kind of over it. I'm one of those people yeah, that I don't I've, need... I've been over it for a, for a while. But I don't yeah, need to watch it. it every year. Last year actually was the first time... I think since I picked it up on VHS that I skipped a viewing. Yeah. That, yeah. That, Diane loves it. And yeah. When we, when we first started dating, that was a guaranteed get a smile out of her face if I got her something from Nightmare Before Christmas. Right. Nowadays, it's just like, yeah, whatever. Paul yeah. Rubens. Paul Ru- oh, that's right. Paul Rubens did a oh, voice yep, in there, yep, too. Yep. He was yep. He's one of the, one yep. the, one of the kids. One of the trick-or-treaters. And, and he, he was... He was 
Yeah, he has a small, small part in a... Batman Returns. Yeah. Yes! Oh my god, that was... You know, going back to Batman Returns, yeah. Paul Rubens and, um... Oh god, I can't remember her name. Who played Simone in uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure with the Penguin's parents. Uh, I'm pulling that up. Yeah, yeah, I got it right here. Okay. I don't know why I can't remember her name. Cast. But, um... Yeah, no, that was that was really inspired casting, especially because Pee-wee had been through the troubles with the uh, porno theater at that point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was a nice little thing for him to come back. Yeah, I feel like I feel like he kind of did that because he was sort of sick of being Pee-wee and yep. wanted to do other stuff. So he's like, I have to oh. do something really wild. Yep, Diane Salinger. Salinger. Yeah, Diane Salinger. That's right. So, but yeah, the Nightmare Before Christmas. It, it's a fun movie. Again, I think you can get tired of it really easily yes. if you live. If you live kind of in our bubble, you're going to get sick of it. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, there is one thing we've carried into our Disney countdown, though, is whenever um, we change... Because we have a whiteboard with a countdown on it. So anytime we hit the four, like the four in the one space, mm-hmm. it's like there's only 155 days to Disney World! 154! <laughs> Which is a very obscure line from the movie, but we go with it anyway. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I actually, I actually, the first time I saw it was when I were, when we, I watched it for our review. Yeah. I mean, no, I mean, no, I've seen it in the theaters. Right. But the first time I've seen it since then was in, uh, really. Yeah. Wow. And it was a much smaller scale than I remembered. I thought I remembered it being a lot bigger in scope than right. it actually was. Uh, I mean, I saw it when it came out in '93, um, and I, I remember just being. Wild bites, absolutely blown away by the way it looked. Um, we saw it again in the theater when they re-released it in 3D back in like 2006, 2007. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, and then we watched it again like a year later because um, they it wasn't a special event thing. Like you go see it locally, and Jim had never seen it um, in the theater, so we took him because his now ex-wife did not like it, so he got to escape for a night. Um, but yeah, no, when you watch it again, especially on a larger screen with HD, it doesn't know favors. Yeah. Well, I mean, the stop motion is impressive. The, the stop is motion very is very impressive. Working. It's just interesting the layer of, like, traditional animation on top of that, though. Yeah. So. All right, next up. All right, how many of you guys have seen 94's Ed Wood? I have. Joe. Oh wow. Okay. Odd man out for this one. Yeah. This was this was actually hitting my my crux. So like after after Batman Returns, I was I was on the the Burton ride on the Burton bandwagon. Like, Burton yeah. Bandwagon. <laughs> I, I saw this for the first time like maybe three four years ago. I went to an advanced preview of this. They gave us T-shirts, which I wish I still owned. <laughs> this movie is amazing. Mr. Lugosi, why are you buying a car? I'm planning on dying soon. No. Yes, I'm embarking on another bus and truck tour of Dracula, 12 cities in 10 days, if that's conceivable. Do you know that I saw you perform Dracula in Poughkeepsie in 1938? That was a terrible production. Ranfield was a drunk. I thought it was great. You know, you're, you're much scarier in real life than you are in the movie. Thank you. I even waited outside to get your autograph, but you never came out. Well, I apologize. When I play Dracula, I put myself into a trance. It takes me much time to reemerge. I... Before I saw this, I did see Plan 9 from Outer Space. Oh, you did? I have a copy <laughs> on VHS that my mother gave me. I saw this movie. I saw Plan 9 after this movie, actually. Really? Yeah. I I knew of Ed Wood because um, there was this movie that came out in the late 80, uh, the early 80s called It Came From Hollywood. 
Yeah. And they have a whole section dedicated to Ed Wood. And they talked about Plan 9 from Outer Space. They talked about Glenn or Glenda. And I'm like, oh, this is intriguing. And if anybody... If Tim Burton's going to direct anybody's biopic... Yeah. It was Edward D. Yeah. Wood Jr. Yeah. There is so many great things about this movie. This movie is a masterpiece. Well, I mean, how many, how many Oscars did it It won win? two Oscars. Um, one for Martin Landau, Best Supporting Actor, and one for his makeup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this movie is so good. And it's, it is. It's interesting. This is actually the first movie that he did without um, Danny Elfman. Yeah. I'm not yeah. sure the reason why. I don't know if it was a falling out or a... Um, I, I don't think it was a falling out because they... they, they might still, have just, he also may have been busy doing something else. Probably, yeah. But, oh man, this movie is so much fun to watch. Yeah, it's, yeah. Been, it's been so long since I've seen it, but yeah, it was it was great good fun. Yeah, I mean, this... I mean, Johnny Depp, again, just inhabits these characters. He's yeah. not just... It was, it made me feel bad kind of talking positively about him because he is kind of such a piece of shit. He's a douchebag. But, uh... When he does good work, it's like, oh, I've got to stand up and applaud that. You're you're still an awful person. I'm not condoning any of this. I still love Kevin Spacey and Unusual Suspects. That's true. God but damn he's a, it. He's a bastard. Oh, God yeah. damn it. Yeah, it's it's tough now. It yeah. is. It's tough. It's, it's tough to be subjective. But he's so good in this. I mean... He is. You know what I loved in this movie was Jeffrey Jones as Criswell. Uh, speaking the, of which... Yeah, I know. Another one. Another one, yeah. <laughs> Criswell is just, he's so good. He's just yeah. like, I predict, and he just put his finger up, and people would believe what he says, because he wears a tuxedo and he's on television. <laughs> what, I, what I love most about this film is the fact that, like, you know, they're, sh- they're showing, you know, Ed Wood, that he's an incompetent director, but he believes in everything he's doing. This is not, like, making fun of Ed Wood. This is showing Ed Wood how Ed Wood believes himself to be. Right. Yeah. Like they, they show exactly what he did, and they show him owning it and loving it and being so happy about yeah. it. Yeah, right. And the fact that it really seemed like he was doing it for his friends. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. almost like they were. They, he wanted to keep them busy, and because these guys all worked in the industry, but they're all not good at it. Yeah. yeah. So you know, the fact that he was keeping Bella Lugosi's career somewhat afloat, and, and keeping him uh, full of uh, morphine. Morphine, yeah, morphine. Yeah. No, actually, he wasn't giving him morphine at all. No, he no. was just being subjected to the withdrawals yeah. when um, when when Bella was was withdrawing from it. But I mean, there's so many just fun people in there. I mean, George the Animal Steel as uh, Tor Johnson. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, hey, Lisa Marie is Ron Parra. Yes, this introduced his uh, girlfriend at the time, Lisa Marie, as uh, Va- Vampira, <laughs> who is she's kind of a weak link in this movie, but. She's still kind of okay. She fit the, the look of the role better. Right. Mm-hmm. But she's still, like, her line delivery is very, very still. Very stilted. I wonder how she got the role in this movie. I have no perhaps idea. She, or perhaps she was boning the director. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just, it's so much fun. And there's that great bit, too, where he has a talk with Orson Welles. Played by Vincent D'Onofrio yeah. in the bar. <laughs> and, voiced, <laughs> and voiced by Maurice LaMarche, of course. Right. Oh, God. And he goes back in to, you know, he's going to make this movie. And it's just, it's such triumphant, <laughs> it's such triumphant music that he's playing. And he's he's calling out on the bullhorn and he's looking up and there's shots of just bad special effects going on. It's like, and all of this for Plan 9 from Outer Space. 
yeah. <laughs> and since I'd seen Plan Nine from Outer Space, the whole sequence, the, the 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 montage where they show them filming Plan Nine, I'm like, yeah. I remember that part. I remember that part. Yep. I remember that part. <laughs> you know who no, doesn't get enough credit in this movie is Bill Murray. Oh yeah, yeah. I've oh god. There's that, that great bit where he's he's sitting there. Now keep in mind, Plan Nine from Outer Space was funded by a church group. A Baptist church group. A Baptist group. church oh, group. <laughs> and he's he's like so one one of the one of the um the Baptist ministers is there filming the entire time and Bill Murray is incredibly gay in this movie. <laughs> and he's sitting at the makeup table, he's like, I think I need something otherworldly. Well cat's eyes. <laughs> My favorite scene with Bill Murray, though, is when, so when he has to be baptized. Oh, now I gotta see this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So the entire cast has to be baptized. He's in to be baptized, and he's like, he starts holding his nose, and then he just loses his <laughs> Joe, you're... This, I gotta see this. Oh, bad. my God. This movie, I mean, it came out a year of a lot of big Oscar frontrunners, so... Yeah. I think this one might have just marginally gotten squeezed out for some odd reason. Yeah. This this is honestly the movie that Tim Burton should have started seeing Oscar nominations for. Oh, absolutely. And it didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, it's it's interesting where he does see them, though, which we'll get into in a little bit. So, moving on. So, after the triumph of Ed Wood comes Tim, one of Tim Burton's bigger disappointments... 1996's Mars Attacks. I think this movie is hilarious. I think I'm with Catherine on this one. I saw saw this in the movie theater. I laughed my ass off. I laughed so hard. And also, at the time, 96, I was driving a bus that was exactly like that bus. I know exactly. I was like, (laughs) I know that bus. That's one of our older buses. And (laughs) but it was so hilarious. It's one of those movies. Well, first of all, the timing couldn't have been worse for it to come out right after Independence Day. Right. Right, yeah. Secondly, it's based on a 1950s and 60s Topps card series, which, when if you know those cards, this movie is insanely accurate to it. Yes. <laughs> but it's so much it's fun. It's so much fun. People didn't, I don't think people got it. For many years, I've been refining a translating computer. The results are not perfect. But this may answer some of your questions. All green of skin. 800 centuries ago, their bodily fluids include the birth of half-breeds. How many centuries did he say? 800, sir. self-determination of the cosmos. For dark is the swathe that mows like a harvest. What the hell does that mean? I just don't think that the audiences that this was intended for got the memo. <laughs> it, was, it was way above their heads, their understanding. Which is crazy for camp for for a camp sci-fi movie like this. And that's, but that you'd figure that uh, it was so obvious that it was a uh, campy, campy campy parody right. of 1950s B movies. Right, but here's the issue: driving B movies. Right. But again, let's Alien just go Vader. back to what happened earlier that summer. We watched alien ships blow up the White House, destroy New York, and Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum save the day. Right. So that's the issue. Had it come out before that, maybe. I think the the, the, the narrative time. would be different. 
Yeah, the timing might have been off, but I, I was ready for what I got, and I was so happy with it. I, I thought it was so funny. Pierce Brosnan is hilarious. Yeah. The and cast of thousands in this movie. Yeah. Martin Short. We call this the Kennedy bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> it's great they had him they had him be like the total like sleaze bag. Yes. Um Jack Black is oh my in this. God, that's right. Yeah, Jack Black is like the lazy uh fat uh, army guy. Yep. Oh, was that him? That, that was, was it, him. Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> Where, you know, he sees the aliens are attacking and it's finally his chance to be here he grabs his guy's like freeze and the clip falls right out of it. <laughs> Yeah, they're, it's like, your brother, yeah, he's he's the, the brother the family's all proud of because he joined the military, and he's there, like, setting up road barriers. Right. Like, with his stomach hanging out. With his stomach and his ass hanging out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> have, you seen, have you seen this I one? I saw this one in theaters. Yeah, I did too. Oh, oh man. I saw it in theaters. I, I, when I realized my husband hadn't seen it yet, I was like, okay, so we're already this. Oh, I, have a, I, oh. I got this as a free um, Flickster download, like an ultraviolet download. It's like, sign up and you get 15 free movies. And what this was one of them. I haven't watched this in forever, though. But, I mean, the aliens, just the the craziness of all the shit that they were doing, like where they're bowling down yeah. Easter oh, yeah. Island. and Yes, yes. <laughs> I didn't enjoy this movie nearly as much as you guys did. No? I did not like this movie. Oh, sorry. It, this, one, this movie, the gratuitous violence was... Way too over the top for me. Part of that though is based on the cards. No, if you if you, yeah. if you look at the top's cards, they are doing just crazy experiments with people. And I, I saw what they were trying to go for, but the it, it was just it global genocide and putting Sarah Jessica Parker's head onto a dog did not do it for me. It, it, <laughs> what about the dog's head on her body? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, oh God. Yeah, I don't. You might not have been the right age for that movie at the time. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I'm doing the math right now, Mike. So I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. Mike. Yeah, like if you saw it in theaters, yeah, you were. That was you know. I was, I, eight, I I was compare, eighteen. Yeah, yeah. Mm, that wasn't. In, yeah, I mean that was. This is yeah. This one you saw. Yeah, and we're not trying to like you know belittle your. No, 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 no. no but yeah, it's no, just no. it's one of those it's one of those movies that there is an audience for it, and you know. I was just uh, the three audience. of us are that audience. <laughs> yeah, I was not that audience. Um, yeah, it's just and like I said before, I'm a sucker for a theremin, so that score. <laughs> 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 oh, there's so much fun stuff in this movie. Rod Steiger, by oh, the God, way, that's right. Before yeah. before the movie came out, um, again when I was at Suncoast, one of my one of my assistants, he would just be like, "Annihilate, kill, kill." <laughs> There is an urban legend that one of the audio tracks on the original DVD actually was in Martian. <laughs> so you could act. I don't know if that's true or not. I'd heard that. I think maybe it was either the DVD or the laser disc. But it's like you could change the audio track and it would just be like everyone talking. <laughs> <laughs> that would get old fast. Yeah. yeah. So. I think here's a good time because I know where where in Tim Burton's career we're at. We need to have a little discussion about Superman Lives. Which what happened? Yeah, which, which is the part. I mean, if you've never seen it, by all means, check out the uh, documentary made by the late great John Schnapp. Yeah. What the death of Superman Lives? What happened? It is fantastic, and it gives a really detailed look Written at by Kevin Smith. Yeah, it gives a detailed look about the the creation process in the 
how this movie just fell apart. Yeah. We put the rights together. Kevin Smith came in with a really great take. I'm gonna write Superman. This is this is f***ed up. Tim came in shortly thereafter. I always felt like I was an alien, so I think a lot of people do. And someone who is wanting to fit in, wants to connect, and at the same time feels this enormous burden to protect. Thematically, the big thing for Tim was that Superman was an alien. We wanted to do something that we hadn't seen before without it being ridiculous. I think the fact that the regenerative suit would have been like something no one's ever seen before. I'll never think again. Now when you think about it, if somebody was like, would you like to see a Nick Cage Superman movie? I'd be like, f*** and yes. This was... It, it's interesting because the, the documentary, I think, gives you something to feel upset that you didn't get. Yes. For the first time ever because... Up until that point, it was a joke. Yeah, yeah. Right, because, well, because when everybody, I remember at the time, it, there was like, you heard the rumors of Nick Cage yeah, and, and acting, Nick, starring as Superman, you're like, that's stupid. Oh, yeah. Well, Nicholas Cage, at that time, he just won an Oscar for leaving Las Vegas, so it's right. not, he wasn't like the Nicholas Cage, the no, Nicholas, even, yes, is there a paycheck involved Cage? No, but even at that time, it's like, you, you, you're thinking Nicholas, it just, it didn't, the look the wasn't. Long it wasn't the. He didn't have the look. And, and, right, that, and that single shot got out that was not flattering to anyone. With the speedo. Yeah. Oh, it, just, it looked weird. It wasn't. Looking, a, it yeah. wasn't a trunk. It was a speedo. Yeah. Yeah. It was a <laughs> it weird a looking shot. But when you actually watch that documentary and you see the, um, like they actually were filming him in the suit itself, right. and it looked better. Yeah. It was. Yes. Like, it was it was bad lighting on the suit. It was he looked high in the in the still photo. It's yeah. like they just got him. Like everyone's had a picture where you're like mid blink. Right. The picture was not flattering. No. Right. The documentary went a long way to showing. Yeah. It showed, this could have this could have been good. It right. showed it showed that whole like the, from where that picture was taken. It showed that in in motion, and you could see it. It actually could have worked. It, it could have had potential. I think honestly. The summing block with that could have very well been Kevin Smith's script. <laughs> I read an early draft of that script, yeah. and it's very view askew Though, Though, he also had some odd uh, requirements. Like, who, who forced him to have that giant spider? Was it? Oh, it was John Peters. John Peters, yeah. John Peters um, required the giant spider because he saw something similar in a movie once, and then it ended up in Wild Wild West. <laughs> Worked out great there, didn't yeah. it? Yeah, but I guess I guess Kevin Smith and Tim Burton don't get along all that well because of this. Yeah, well, I believe it. Which makes sense now. Yeah, and, and he ended up just chucking that entire script. Right. I mean, Kevin Smith's second career came from making fun of this movie. Yeah. But I mean, I think honestly, it could have been good. It would be interesting now to see what Tim Burton would bring to a superhero movie in the modern era. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't know if I'd want him to take like a, an actual. Pro- known property, but maybe like one like more obscure, like uh, yeah, like Invincible or or, him, or either that Moon Knight. Either that or come up with his own property. Uh, Moon actually, Moon Knight would be interesting. No, you know the no, multi you know be, Moon Knight would be actually good. Yeah, either that or he comes up with his own superhero property. Yeah, right. Something that would be cool. Burton superheroes. Right, mean, which like. in this day and age that would be a really hard sell. Uh, something like The Incredibles. Okay. He could, pull, he could pull off in The Incredibles, yeah. Right. Yeah. Live action Incredibles directed by not, Tim Burton. Not, not specifically Incredibles, but something along right. those lines. Right. That, that, yeah. that 50s kind of aesthetic kitsch yeah. that he likes, would really, he could really pull if off. If you were yeah. to do like a live action New Frontiers. Yeah. 
Oh, isn't Ava, Ava doing... No, no, she's but, doing New Gods. Sorry. Yeah, she's doing New Gods, yeah. No, New Frontiers is the 1950s DC. Oh, yes, yeah. yes, I remember yeah. that, yeah. That was... Yeah. yeah. All right, so back on track here, 1999 gave us Sleepy Hollow, which I think a lot of people, no pun intended, sleep on. Interesting. What is it? The wound was cauterized in the very instant. As though the blade itself were red hot. And yet, no blistering, no scorched flesh. The devil's fire. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 that, I, was, that was tart towards the end of my love of Burton. Was I went and saw that and I was like, eh. Yeah, I enjoyed I this a lot. I, I'm like, I, I was, saw it once and it, for me it was kind of forgettable. Yeah, it's like, I, I, I like Christina Ricci. Um, at the, even at that point I was kind of getting over Depp, I think. Right. I think I've seen it. I just... I, I might have seen like a TV version, but maybe I just right. kind of saw it out of the corner. This of my is when you need to see like full, full yeah. gore and everything. It's hey, Christopher Walken's back. Yeah, Christopher Walken at the end. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Um, <laughs> Let me take your head. It's honestly this is this movie is built on on real like just campy performances. Uh, Miranda Richardson, Ooh. who is the villain, who ends up being the villain. Sorry, spoiler alert. In this, well, now I don't need to see so it. So campy. I, I seem to remember the, the 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 hype around it was it's like Edward Scissorhands Edward Scissorhands and Wednesday Adams are a couple. Woo! Yeah. But yeah, they made Ichabod Crane more of like a CSI style. In you know, eighteen hundred CSI. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, they ended up doing that in the TV series that came out not a few years ago. Right? Oh yeah, actually, that was actually, really, I, like that. I, I like that, that show. I don't I like think that I ever show. got around to that. Yeah. Oh, so good. Oh yeah. I Remember, mean, it was like all That's people could talk about for like a month, and then people stopped talking about it, and then it went away. Yeah, <laughs> actually, <laughs> like, I, we had for like three or four seasons. Four, four seasons, yeah. Really? Four wow. Seasons, yeah. People stopped talking about it during that time, though. Yeah. Um. It's a lot of fun. It was interesting, too, to see a Tim Burton movie that wasn't aimed at the PG-13 audience. I mean, there are decapitations. Crasper Van Dyne gets, like, cleaved in half. Okay, now I need to watch it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what, just because Casper Van Dyne gets uh, oh, yeah. cleaved in half? You're the worst thing in Starship Troopers! Johnny Rico, my ass! <laughs> that says a lot. <laughs> I don't know if he's the worst thing. Aryan <laughs> Superman, Casper Van Dyne. <laughs> Oh yeah, because Denise Richards is a gift from the acting. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> she's a Fortunately, gift. Her she's a gift of short. Something. Yeah. Fortunately, her scenes were short. <laughs> she's good at math. <laughs> <laughs> that thought Christmas only came once a year. Oh, yeah. you stole my line! You stole my line! Damn it! <laughs> To say that, damn, damn it. it! Damn it! Not fast enough, Mike! Come! Come! <laughs> 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 I've been waiting for a choice of chance to use that drop again. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so anyway, while we're getting the laughs going here, let's talk about 2001's Planet of the Apes. Oh, good God, this, no. one, this was like the... This was... The first time we're in really everybody. This like, is what happened. With easily, and I'm looking at this list again. <coughs> this is easily his worst movie. Oh, without a doubt. This is. Take your stinking hands off me, you damn dirty human! I 
was kind of okay with it. The 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 twist was wrong, but like they they put so much effort into the mannerisms and the makeup and the, I did not the need the to movement. see Helena Bonham Carter because yeah. an ape cost an ape yeah. makeup making out with Donnie uh, Martin. There, there was one, one of the Wahlbergs. There was one thing in this movie I didn't mind, and I th- um I thought um uh did uh, Tim oh t- Tim no Tim Rice Tim Rice no 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 oh Tim um. Oh Jesus, Tim Roth. Tim Roth. Yeah, oh, that's I, I right, thought yeah. he, he was very good. He was a very good villain. Good. Yeah, he was very he was good. In this. Excellent. And yeah. I, I do want to point out one thing. If we're gonna, you know, we're gonna poo poo this movie. Fine, we can poo poo this movie. James Cameron was originally attached to direct Planet of the Apes prior to this. Oh, I wish he had. No, no, you don't. No, no, no. Because I do. it would have been Schwarzenegger era James Cameron with CG apes. Exactly. So just. Schwarzenegger spouting off monkey puns the entire time. Excuse me. Have a banana. <laughs> You're so appealing. <laughs> yes, but if we, if he'd done that, we probably would have never gotten Titanic. We would have never gotten Avatar. Oh, God, you're right. Shit. I like Titanic, but yeah. I, but we I, might I, have gotten that without Spider-Man, Avatar. though, too. And... <laughs> Charlton Heston was hilarious as a, that small part that he played in that movie. Well, yeah. Of course he was, because you're it was just Damn like, dirty humans. Yeah. Ugh. Because what else would he say? Right, oh, exactly. Actually, paid damn money. them all. To... Actually, paid money to see this in the theater. I did too. Yeah, yeah, opening too. weekend. Yeah. This was an opening weekend yeah. movie. I took that. Yeah, it was date night too. And this was a big. This movie made a lot of money. Yeah, the end of the movie was terrible. Yes, it was. Awful. <sighs> I'm still trying to figure out the end of the movie. It's like how how did this happen? What the did the did the monkey they send into space have anything? Just, 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 just stop. Just stop. Right. This is a. It's gonna hurt. It's, it's a rabbit hole. You don't want it's to go gonna, down. It's gonna hurt your head. Wasn't Paul Giamatti in this? Yeah. Yeah. He was a great orangutan. What are you talking about? <laughs> Not as good as Maurice in the the the, the, the new Planet of the Apes series, but mm. he's good. Oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry. Whenever I hear Maurice, I always automatically just think of Maurice. Maurice Chevalier. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, all right, 2003 is kind of a return to form. It's Big Fish. Armed with the full knowledge of my own death, I knew the giant couldn't kill me. All the same, I preferred to keep my bones unbroken. Why are you here? So you can eat me. The town decided to send a human sacrifice, and I volunteered. My arms are a little stringy, but there's some good eating in my legs. I mean, I'd be tempted to eat them myself. So I guess, well, if you could just get it over with quick, because I'm not much for pain, really. I heard good things and never saw it. This is one of those movies, it's it's weird. It It's a Tim Burton movie that doesn't completely feel like a Tim Burton movie, even though it totally feels like a Tim Burton movie. Firstly, because... <laughs> Um, this should have been a, De- a Johnny Depp role, and it wasn't. It was uh, Ewan McGregor. Yeah. Ewan McGregor and um, Billy Crudup. I'm trying to remember his name. And, uh, oh, God, what's her name? Who uh, French actress who's in everything now. Yeah. Yeah, her. You gotta give she me won an name. Oscar. I should know her name. Um, you really should. Yeah, I really should. I never saw this movie, so I have an excuse. Yeah, I had, okay. I had no, we saw this one in the theater, and this is it, it, it's a lovely movie. It's very much. It feels like a Tim Burton movie because it's about an old man who tells tall tales that his son has had to live through his entire life. Oh, and now the I son remember. never, you know, he felt like he never knew his dad. Yeah. 
And, and then he finds out that all the stories were actually true. Well, they were they were true to an extent. Right. Marine, uh, Marianne Cotillard. Yeah, Marianne Cotillard. Yeah, that's right. It's like, oh yeah, I forgot she was in The Dark Knight Rises. Um, wow. Miley Cyrus. Yeah, it's her first film. Is it? Yeah. Oh, wow. Credited under her birth name, Destiny Hope Cyrus. Oh, okay. She it's played, been a while since she played young one. Ruthie. This is this is a very it's a beautiful movie. It's um Albert Finney does a really good job as the older Ewan McGregor. Right. I did see this movie. I yeah, but it's yeah it's it, but but you know what I'm saying though. Yeah, it, it's a Tim Burton movie that doesn't feel like a Tim Burton movie, but it's really a Tim Burton movie. Yes. Um. Yeah, it's like I mean the the, the Tall Tale stuff is fantastic. I mean I could have done without seeing Danny DeVito's ass, but um. It's also the second movie where he has to wear a large top hat. <laughs> And not the last one he's going to do. (laughs) Where he is a ringleader for a circus, but he's also a werewolf. Yes, rest on that for a minute. It's definitely, it's an underrated uh, Burton movie. A lot of people feel like this is where he he peaked. Because again, this could could have been one of those movies that that could have had like serious Oscar consideration. But plateaued. Right. Well, I don't know, because, you know, Planet of the Apes and then back up to Big, Big Fish... Yeah. And the next one is back down. Yep. But, um, well, I um, I think this is also, I gotta, I gotta check my facts on this one. I think this is the only Tim Burton movie that Danny Elfman was nominated for an Oscar for. He didn't win because he still hasn't won one yet. But, um, um, yeah, no, the score. Yeah, yeah. For his four Golden Globe nominations as well as an Academy Award nomination for Elfman's score. Yep, yep. It's, it, it's, it is a very nice movie. Not, it's one of those movies. I guarantee, if you if you're watching, you'll pick up your phone a few times, to check see what else is going on. <laughs> but, all right, let's see where we all stand on this one. 2005's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Mr. Wonka, I'm Violet Beauregard. Oh, I don't care. Well, you should care because I'm the girl who's going to win the special prize at the end. Well, you do seem confident, and confidence is key. I'm Veruca Salt. It's very nice to meet you, sir. I always thought a Veruca was a type of wart you got on the bottom of your foot. <laughs> I walk a loop. I love the chocolate. I can see that. So do I. I never expected to have so much in common. Uh, all right. I'm a, apparently I'm the only one in this room who liked this movie. I'm ambivalent about it. You're ambivalent about it? Okay. Mike... I don't, I don't, I don't hate it. It's just like I saw, I, I, I saw it the once because I felt I was supposed to, and I'm like, I'm done now. Yeah, I, I thought it was. I think the best word for it is forgettable. Now, not having read the original Roald Dahl book, all right, which is closer to the his the book. This well, no, one, this, or, this one, this one is or, this one is much closer to the book. Yeah. Yeah. Roald Dahl hated, yeah, Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory, yeah. Hated it. Now keep in mind, Roald Dahl was kind of a hateful old British guy. No, oh, yeah, like yeah. um, it's kind of like uh, Ian Fleming. <laughs> or, or um, uh, who's that beard with eyes that disowns all his comic books? Oh, Alan Moore. Yeah, yeah. He hated Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Trying hmm. the Chocolate Factory is so much closer. They do they do a good job of doing the little vignette style stories that uh, Roald Dahl does with a lot of his stuff where. Mm-hmm. There's this main story, but then you get a little side chapter about something with the backstory, like how he got the Oompa Loompas. Right. Um, there's that whole thing about the, um, the, the 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 Indian palace made out of chocolate, 
And those are chapters in the book. Okay. And it, it follows it much closer. And obviously, the book didn't have dance breaks like this right. one did. Which I thought were fine. I really enjoyed that. In fact, on our discussion, this is my number three Danny Elfman score yeah. for Tim Burton movies. Because it's it fits the aesthetic of this movie. Okay. That, I mean, the, the only... I didn't understand people having issue with um, Johnny Depp kind of doing the Michael Jackson for this. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I honestly, I think I'd, I'd, if if he had gone with someone else as Willy Wonka, right? I think this movie probably would have been thought of much more highly. Cause Maybe I think Johnny Depp is the weakest point of this movie. Yeah, but you you gotta remember Johnny Depp was was riding the super high wave of, of pirates. pirates. Yeah. Right, pirates already come out. Yeah, Catherine, what do you think about this one? Eh. Eh. Yeah, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm kind of yeah. I was basically even then I was getting sick of of the caricatures that Depp always had to play. Right. And and just it was the same thing. It, it was getting to be the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah, yeah that he played to a type. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I I saw it once, and after that, I was like, I'm fine with going back to the Gene Wilder. Okay, I just. Here's the thing. I don't like the. I don't like that one either. I don't like the way. Like the, I don't I, like the story. It's creepy. Well, you know, it's like, yes, it is creepy. I mean, on any level, it's creepy. Is it a theoretical factory that is quite honestly just a windowless van? Is it? Yeah. Is, is it? You know, does he have a bunch of slaves? Yes. Yes, exactly. Yes, he rescued them, but he doesn't pay them. No. Right. He pays them in song and dance and watching little children get hurt. And I'm assuming that they only eat chocolate. That's amazing to me. Yes. It really yes. feels like that's what they're Diabetes <laughs> rate in that factory. Yep. <laughs> but it's the smoke of... coming out of the stacks is not by chocolate. It's by use of Oompa Loompas. It's <laughs> insulin. I just, it's like, I know a lot of people hold the 70s movie in a, in a higher regard, and I don't hold it at that at all. I, well, I, 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 I'm I, not nostalgic about that I movie one well, iota. No, no, that's, no, that's, that's, that's driven more by Gene Wilder. Yeah. Right, exactly. Gene Wilder. Gene Wilder drives a not-so-great movie, whereas Johnny Depp, you know, for you guys, doesn't... It drives, you know, is not the driving force in an okay movie, or a meh movie. Hashtag fuck Grandpa Joe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah fuck you, Grandpa Joe. Um, He's an asshole. <laughs> in both movies. If, if you look at him and logistically, yes, he is an asshole. <laughs> Yeah, well, I appreciate you guys not being like vehemently anti. Well, Andy, get out of here right now. You have no right yeah, to like this just, movie. It, 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 it's I'm a movie with, that happened. It's, yeah, I'm with Catherine with, in, with that. It's just Johnny Depp's portrayal of the character like does nothing for me beyond just being a creepy right. And I, I'm like a creepy man child. Yeah. Where, where, whereas Gene Wilder, yeah, he was creepy, but he wasn't man-child which just added that extra look adds an extra level right there's Christopher Walken in, in, isn't there no Christopher Lee is in this one. Oh, that's though. who it is yes, as yes. uh as Willy Wonka's father who was a dentist who wouldn't let him eat chocolate Count Dooku yeah, yeah. <laughs> no wonder yeah alright moving on released the same year 2005 and the first time Tim Burton is nominated for an Oscar never seen it Corpse Bride Scrapped Scraps. My dog Scraps. <laughs> oh, Scraps, what a good boy. I knew you'd be happy to see him. 
Who's my good boy? Sit. Sit, Scraps. Sit. Good boy, Scraps. Roll over. Roll over. Good boy, Scraps. Play dead. Sorry. It's not in the theater. I own it on DVD. I very rarely watch it, though. It's, it's also, oddly enough, it's his first um, directing... Uh, which, again, animated stop movie. motion. Which, again, is shocking to me. Yeah. Yeah. Did, I'm sorry, it, you said, did, Catherine, did you say you've seen it? No. no? Okay. It seems like his, his, his aesthetic would be perfect for animation. Yeah, you, you, well, you think, because especially after Nightmare Before Christmas, you think, again, you, you, it's the Tim, it, it's that Tim Burton look. Yeah. yeah. You think... You know, like you said, it carried on to Coraline, James and the Giant Peach. Right, but those weren't his. Exactly. Yeah, this one is very much plays like a lesser man's um, Nightmare Before Christmas. It's not a bad movie. No. It's just, well, first of all, it's that inundation that Tim Burton is is uh, is having sex with either Johnny Depp or Helena Bonham Carter, or both, at the or same both time. at the same time. Exactly. It's the epitome of. These two are going to be in your movies forever, ever, <laughs> ever, ever. <laughs> Wait till we get to the next movie. Yep. Yeah, I was I was not in my goth phase anymore at this point. Right. I again, the 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 Tim Burton aspect of this sold this for me to go see it. We saw, Autumn and I saw this in the movie theater. Hold on, hold on. We're missing the big point here. You had a goth phase. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not like not like full dressing up all the time during the day, but I I went got to goth clubs and, and yeah. I had a goth best friend and stuff like that. <laughs> my mic is shocked. Mike, right, exactly. Yeah. Mike is, Mike, Mike, Mike is too. It's, just, it's what you do. Yeah, it's. I yeah. Don't, no. No, yeah, no, you didn't. But I never went through a goth phase. No, you went to military school. You weren't allowed to. That's yeah, in 2005, I graduated from grad school, so I was yeah. a little busy. Yeah. Holding down a full time job. and That's true. College. And... Yeah, I was just too busy making my dreams come true, doing the same thing I'm doing now. <laughs> God, somebody stop me from slitting my wrists. All right. You don't want to end up a civil servant in hell. No, no, you don't. Because if you do, I'm going to make fun of your ass. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Up next, 2007, Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. I have sailed the world, beheld its wonders, from the Dardanelles to the mountains of Peru. But there's no place like London. No, there's no place like London. Mr. Todd? You are young. Life has been kind to you. You will learn. Again, having said to Johnny Depp and or Helena Bomberkar at the same time. Right. Yeah. By this point... The Johnny Depp weirdness had just, like, consumed me. I'm like, um, <clears throat> all right. Never Especially because after, which parts of the Caribbean movie came out in 2005? The bad, uh, the really bad one? Uh, no, all right, so 2006, both of them came, well, one came out in 2006, one came out in summer 2007. So, Dead Man's Chest was 2006, that's the second one. Okay. The really bad one was the one after that. Uh, okay. Really bad in some people's opinion. Okay, sorry. Yeah, okay. No, no, um, but no, back that is number four, though. No, no, no. Oh no, no, exactly. But back to Sweeney Todd. Yes. Uh, Catherine, have you seen this one? Yes, I have seen this one. I, I, I enjoy it. You know, it's 
It's fun listening to my husband rant about, you know, who's singing and who's not, and they can't sing, but, you know, right. Sasha Baron Cohen is great. Right, yes. I, 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 so. I love Sweeney Todd. Just, I've always loved Sweeney Todd. We've seen it live several times. Yeah, I I've, went never, to, I've never seen it, but I knew I would enjoy the, the whole story. We, we went to the Kennedy Center to see this with Brian Stokes Mitchell and Christine Baranski, and it was fantastic. And then we found out that uh, Tim Burton was going to be directing this with Johnny Depp, Kelsey Preeze, and <laughs> Helena Bonham Carter. And Kelsey we're all Preece. like, oh. <laughs> oh. No. <laughs> and then we heard that she had uh, had to audition for Stephen Sondheim himself. And he would give the thumbs up or down. This wasn't okay. going to be a, I'm sleeping with the director, I automatically get the part. I still want to know how what the hell he was thinking. <laughs> The highs in this movie are very, very, very high. I think Johnny Depp is very good in this movie. Yeah. I think that uh, Sasha Baron Cohen is very good in this movie. But the lows are oh so low. <laughs> and unfortunately, it's um, yeah. Worst Pies in London is such a bad rendition. It's so She's so airy. Yeah. I mean, if you've heard the original um, Angela Lansbury. Oh, okay. Yeah. Angela Lansbury is just she's so full of life even though this yeah. is just she's serving up just bugs and grease pretty much yeah. <laughs> and but she's so happy about it whereas Alan Bonham Carter is doing it as if her, her uh, Hot Topic franchise just closed right. and she's just doing this as a as a part time job who, who else who else did um has has done that dro- that role on Broadway? Um, well, Angela Lansbury did it. Uh, Patty Lapone did Patty it. Patty Lapone, that's yeah, what I was saying. yeah. Don't remind me of the worst trip to New York we've ever had, yeah. where I got autumn tickets to go see Sweeney Todd, and this was back when they did the revival where the um the cast were playing the instruments on stage. Okay, which was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and Patty Lapone was actually playing a tuba. Yeah. So like um by the sea, there's a there's like a bit of a tuba solo that she would play. I, I bought Autumn tickets to see this specifically because she had never seen Patti LuPone live. We go the night before the worst blizzard of the year. Oh. Patti LuPone bagged that night, and we got the, her understudy. The worst understudy we've ever seen in our lives. Oh, really? It was just a bad night that we woke up to a bad morning where it honestly looked like the aliens had wiped out half of New York. <laughs> I've never seen the streets of New York so dead. Wow. Yeah, it was it was bad, and then when this movie came out, I think the big thing, the the big takeaway from this movie was they took away all the chorus parts. Mm. Like, um, you know, there there were there was originally going to be talk that the majority of the chorus was going to be done by ghosts, and that didn't end up happening, fortunately. Wow! <laughs> but there's not a lot of there's not a lot of chorus parts in this. You know, God, that's good doesn't have a large chorus piece in it. Yes. Well, you're saying that Helen Bonham Carter was one of the lows. She won an Evening Standard British Film Award for her portrayal, and she was nominated for a Golden Globe. Some people liked her. And Johnny Depp was nominated for Best Actor Oscar. He was, for yeah, this he was one. nominated for an Oscar for Best Actor, and he this won the Golden Globe for it. Musical or comedy? Yeah. Yep. Because yes, those need to be put together. Apparently. Yeah. Yep. Because because usually musicals went. Lend themselves toward the comedy end of the spectrum. Yes. Yeah. Pre 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 the Sondheim era, but yeah, it's it's like if if this is the only way you've ever gotten to see Sweeney Todd, it doesn't suck. Yeah, I I think this is a fine movie. I I really like it. I, I mean, this is again, this is a Tim Burton. We're talking about Tim Burton. This is a movie that fits the Tim Burton aesthetic. 
It's dark. The skies are gray. Every once in a while, you get these little flourishes of color in it. Yeah. Post-industrial London. Right. Yeah. He's honestly the only person who could have directed this movie. As a musical. I'd have to think about it, obviously. Yeah. All right. I wouldn't put Rob Marshall on this one. Oh, no. no. Right, okay. Leave him with Mary Poppins Returns. Right, exactly. He also did Into the Woods, by the way. And he also did uh, Chicago. I know he did. So, the next one up, Tim Burton's highest grossing movie. This one baffles me. I mean, I I didn't mind the movie. Well, I kind of did. 2010's Alice in Wonderland. Now, I did ask uh, our good friend Steve at Ape Cod on Twitter... Um, about some Tim Burton movies. Here's his take on Alice. Oh, boy. Here we go. I was working at Blockbuster at the time, and we, of course, had a number of regular stoner customers. Every fucking one of them loved that fucking movie, and they all had the same observation. It was way better than Avatar, man. Like, the 3D was kind of 3D you expect. You know what I mean? (laughs) What? Okay. Yeah, exactly. That makes about as much sense as this fucking movie. Yeah, this was, this I saw was a movie. Once. I saw I saw the previous for it and I was like, hell no. What did that to you? Bandit. The Well, I'd better have a look. What are you doing? It needs to be purified by someone with evaporating skills, or it will fester and putrefy. I'd rather you didn't. I'll be fine as soon as I wake up. At least let me bind it for you. What do you call yourself? Alice. The Alice? There's been some debate about that. I never get involved in politics. I have never been so underwhelmed by something that when I first saw the trailers, I'm like, this looks like it could be really good. Yeah, when I first saw the trailers, I was like, this is either going to be really, really amazing or, or going to be really, 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 really terrible. Yes, this is either the best idea in the world or the worst idea in the world. And, for and me, it, it kind of meets somewhere I, below the in-between. I, I, I never was that confused. I'm like, this is terrible which idea. Is kind, which is kind of funny because it set off Disney's kick of yeah. remaking of live action remakes. Live action. Yeah. But the interesting thing about that, Joe, is that this is not actually a remake. No. No, it's this a is a follow-up sequel to the animated. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, You're, I, she's re- Alice is a little older and revisiting these characters. I, I actually agree with you. It's like, yeah, it could have been really great or really terrible, and it's like, it's it's just like kind of floating middling. somewhere in the middle. That it's middling. It's middling. It's, it's, it's not good, here, and it's not. here are the positives. It looks great. Yeah. The characters, yeah. a lot of the characters fit the Lewis Carroll design. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very, very well. A lot of the voice acting. Especially the Queen of Hearts. Helena Bonacar looks like a Lewis Carroll drawing. A lot, a lot of the voice actors I thought were fantastic. Like Alan Rickman as the worm, the caterpillar. Oh, yes. Was fantastic. Yeah. Um, well, Alan I, Rickman is fantastic. You can stop yeah. there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, the, I, I did I did like the uh, the Cheshire Cat. Okay. That was Stephen Wright. Uh, yes. Stephen Fry. Yeah. It's Stephen Wright. Oh, my God. That was a much different movie. <laughs> um... um yeah, but the over-reliance on Johnny Depp. Yeah. Again. It's, again, you're taking, taking a, a character that appears, you know, in in the scale of the storytelling version of Alice, a one-scene character uh, is stretching. Two. two? Okay. Uh, Disney, he appears during the, the, the um, trial. Okay. At the end. 
But they stretch that character out to beyond the, the length of a sane person. Yeah. So. Speaking of a uh, sane person for Mad Hatter. That's what I said, Matt. No, you stretch him out to beyond the oh, length of a sane yes. person he, he for Mad, Mad Hatter. So, so therefore, yes, that was, that was his joke. Ah, yeah. gotcha. Sorry, I'm, I'm just... I um. Yeah. Again, this movie grossed over a billion dollars worldwide. I yeah. I, I don't get that. Well, I think I, I, it, there are some people like I went to Disney World with a, a friend of mine, and she was obsessed with Alice in Wonderland. Absolutely loved like the books, the cartoon, the movie. God everything. I'm sure. Landers. I'm sure she's paid. She's paid like. Yeah, I just, she's paid a billion dollars worldwide for this. I just didn't think there there was that many people that thought th- that highly of this movie. This is one of those movies. I, I just I don't know anybody who's an ardent supporter Enough now that it got its sequel. Let's just be honest with that sequel. That sequel, you I mean when? Because you know when you want to talk about going to the Disney parks during the time of a a movie coming out. We were there right before Through the Looking Glass came out, and that movie. You know, usually, you can tell. There's a big excitement for a movie because of the amount of merchandise in the parks. Right, the, the, for the parks thing. push it and start pushing it. Yeah. This felt like a write-off. This just felt like, what have we done? I feel bad for the guy who directed the, that, that awesome 2011 Muppets movie because we saddled him with this. Well, that's how I felt when I saw the trailers. Right, right, exactly. It was just like, why, why is this thing the thing that I'm seeing right now? And I'm, I'm sure that there were ardent supporters of this movie, but not enough. It's... Maybe it's like Avatar. It's like people Ugh. were wowed by this movie when it came out and then just kind of like, all right, I'm over. I was totally dippy over it. Now I'm done. Yeah. I, I was like, eh, when I saw it in theaters. I'm like, it's pretty. Yeah. It looks yeah. pretty, yeah. We had, I actually didn't end up seeing this until it came out on DVD, back when we were renting Blu-rays from Netflix. Yeah. I saw this on... I, I got physical media from Netflix. <laughs> so, I saw this in theaters because I thought it would be good. Yeah. It just. I was very excited about this one, too. So it was... Imagine my, my disappointment. Yeah. And yeah. All right. Next up. Oh God. Talk Duh. about disappointment. Twenty twelve. Dark Shadows. Another Johnny Depp. Helen Bonham Carter. I this yeah. Eva Green is in this, this one. This this was the Johnny Depp fatigue was really starting to set in. Yeah. And you could tell too. The box office showed on this yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what box office? Well, yeah. it did come out the week after the Avengers came out. Are you stoned or something? They tried stoning me, my dear. It did not work. When did they start allowing women of the night on estate grounds? Carolyn. Ah, yes. Uncanny, is it not? Worth every hour I spent posing. Forgive me. My name is Barnabas Collins. Children! Get away from that man. It says his name is Barnabas Collins, and I'm pretty sure he called me a hooker. Yes. Based on some obscure, well, it was also based on some obscure '60s, '70s, a soap opera, British soap opera. Soap opera. Yeah. I watched that crap out of right. that on Sci-Fi Channel. It yeah. has, and I saw the trailers, and I went, uh-uh. "Yeah, Dark Shadows." The, the original Dark Shadows has a very loyal audience, and this was not a good movie yeah, to, was, well, to put was, forward to your loyal audience. Yeah, and also, also Dark Shadows. Was goofy at the time, you know. There was the the point where they closed the door and the set kind of wobbles and all right. that kind yeah. of stuff. It was very cheesy. It was it was weird. But and I was like Johnny Depp, and I'm like, you're not Barnabas. But it Collins. had but it had terrible. It had a niche audience, and it had yeah. a very specific 
um, style, a very specific uh, you know, kind of the tone. gray filter. The, the issue with this but movie it, was it was shot through a gray filter, yeah. and it just it sucked the life out of the movie. Yeah, yeah. movies that are based on niche properties, a lot of times they don't translate very well for general audience. Right. right. Now yeah. I don't. I don't for one minute think that Tim Burton didn't go back and watch every single I'm episode sure of this. Oh, yeah. And with the screenwriting team, made sure that they got the basic story stuff right, but... And the story's not even that basic, because the original series takes place in two time, you know, two yeah. time eras. There's right. like the, the, the 1800s version and the modern version. And right. Sometimes you shouldn't give something that works because it's so lo-fi to give them a hi-fi budget. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's maybe less that maybe that's the lesson. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Thank you. Less is more. Um. Yeah. Let, let's move on. However, this is interesting though because this is another one of those movies that had two of his paramours in it, just like with uh, Planet of the Apes, where there was Lisa Marie and Helen Bonham Carter. Now it's Helena Bonham Carter and Eva Green. Green. Hey, look at what we've got there. Drum. Yeah. Oh, bye bye, old Camaro. Hello, new convertible. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So next up, same year again. Um, this was actually a pretty good movie. Yes, I, I enjoyed this. Frank and Weenie. Yeah. Also, stop motion cute. animation. Yeah. Um, the first full. I think this is the first full length stop motion animation film filmed in black and white. Yeah. Is yeah. this based on one of his old shorts? Right? Yes. Which is. It's a fun watch. You can usually get it on uh, DVD copies of The Nightmare Before Christmas. You usually have this as a bonus. Yeah. Oh, the original movie. Yeah. The original Frank and Weenie, the 20-minute long movie. You should be a scientist, Victor. Nobody likes scientists. They like what science gives them, but not the questions, no. Not the questions that science asks. Actually, I have a question. <laughs> that is why you are scientist. I was doing my experiment, my project, and the first time it worked great. But the next time it didn't. I mean, it sort of worked, but then it didn't. And I don't know why. Then maybe you never really understood it the first time. This is fun. It's not for kids. No, it, no. It, Oh my <laughs> god, is it terrifying. It is, it is so... It, it, it. Dude, the cat freaked the hell yeah. out of me. I was like... What the hell is this? <laughs> this is not what I expected when I saw this trailer. Have you seen this one? I have not seen it. This is a fun movie. And again, just like with Corpse Bride, Tim Burton's been nominated for two Oscars in his entire career. Both of them for anim- for directing animated movies. Yeah. Which is shocking to me. Which is very shocking, yeah. This is, this is a fun movie, though. It's cute. It, is. it retains the heart of the original story and yeah. stretches it out to the point where... It makes a good full-length movie. Yeah, I, I think if he'd gone any further, it would have been too much. But yeah. it, 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 he hit it at the right spot. It's just enough, and it's it's not... I mean, yes, there are some truly terrifying scenes in there, which still prevent me to this day to showing it to my kids. Yeah. But it's still... It's a very sweet story, and the, yeah. the, the, the character animation is just not... It's, it's, it's simple enough. The relationship between the boy and that, and that dog is heartwarming. It's Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, moving on. All right, has anybody seen 2014's Big Eyes? No. No? Okay, all I know is that it's got Amy Adams and Christoph Waltz. Five grand. We made five 
thousand dollars. That wasn't even for one of your good ones. Don't you mean one of your good ones? No, 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 no. All right, our, one of our good ones. Oh, what about honesty? Oh, come on, the painting says keen. I'm keen. I know is it was had early Oscar buzz and then, then as soon as people it, saw it, it, it petered out real yeah, quick. People right. saw the movie and they're like, oh, yeah, not Oscar. It, it was buzz. a lot of like, it's not bad, it's but, not good. Yeah, again, it, it's based on a very obscure person who painted those large eyes. Yeah, yeah, it's a true story. Um, and I mean, honestly, it, it, it's probably not all that bad considering Christoph Waltz is in it. He's pretty much awesome in everything. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I think I think when it came out, I actually heard like something on NPR about the true story of the whole thing. Right, yeah. right, and it was this big long court battle. Yeah, that she had to kind of you know prove she did them. Um, so she actually drew them in in court. Yes. Now the final currently theatrically released movie that we're going to talk about here, 2016's Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. I'm a type of peculiar called an imbrine. Yeah, you turn into a bird. Well, I do, yes. But that's not very useful. An imbrine's main skill is the manipulation of time. We choose a safe place, a safe day, and create a loop. What do you mean? Well, a loop reserves the last 24 hours. Reset the loop, and the day is yours to live in again. Reset it daily, and you can stay there forever. Entirely safe from the outside world. Every imbrine commits herself to the creation and upkeep of a place like this. A home for peculiar children. I have not seen this. I yet. wanted I, to see this one. I have seen it. I have too. I just watched it last week. What did you think? Not as good as the book. I've never read the book. I didn't even I, know it was I, based on a book. Oh yeah. Oh, no, it's, it's based on a, a, a yeah. YA series. Oh. Yeah, there's okay. a YA series. It's based on like the first book, ish. Yeah. Um, I only, I only, I listened to the first book on audio, and that was about it. And I was like, okay. And yeah, it makes sense because it does fall into his sort of like. Weird zone. It's weird though. It doesn't feel like a Tim Burton movie till about um, a third of the way in. Yeah, but what, once he finally gets to the house, right, it starts to feel like a Tim Burton movie. But that's that's where it should because he's in the normal world until that point, right? But it was one of those movies I was watching. First of all, they could have easily shaved off about a good half hour of this movie. It was very long. Yeah, is Eva Green in this movie? Yes, she, she is. is. Yes. yes. Is. But I, I oh, I know who she is. <laughs> I remember looking her up. I was like, "Why does she look familiar? Why does she look familiar?" Oh, she's from Penny Dreadful. Yes, yes, yes. I just know her from being naked in the Three Hundred sequel, right? And um, and the the Sin City sequel. That too. See, I don't believe she wore a top at all in that movie. I don't believe she did either. Um, well, Objections? That would, that would imply Not, that someone, no. <laughs> that would imply that someone actually saw the Sin, the Sin City sequel. Yeah, I did. I'm an idiot. It's the only time I ever thank my kid for buying a movie on TV. Yep. <laughs> it's uh, well, she was also Vesper Lynn. Yes. Yeah. So, in the greatest James Bond movie ever, I'll fight all of you. Um, <laughs> it, it's in my top three. But Miss Peregrine, what's interesting about Miss Peregrine is it it gets better as the movie goes on. It was one of those movies like, okay, this is kind of dull. Not feeling it. Not feeling it. I'm putting my phone down now. (laughs) (laughs) Samuel L. Jackson is the villain. Samuel L. Jackson's excellent. I've heard that. He's campy as shit in this movie, but it's, again, it's one of those movies that I can't believe it only got a PG-13 rating because there are some truly terrifying special effects in this movie. 
I mean, there are people whose eyes are being sucked out of their head. Yeah. Really? Yes. Yeah, the, 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 there's some weird shit in the... And it's in the book, too. The, the, the book is fucking weird. Yeah. But this... I mean, it's just... It's such a an interesting movie because once it finally... It lands on the Burton button, it's a great movie. And this is like... It reminded me... We're coming full circle here. Reminded me why I love Tim Burton movies. Because... <laughs> It's re- it, it ended up becoming a return to form. It's like it started off like his later movies and turned into one of his older movies. I mean, again, I didn't read the book, so I don't have, n- I have nothing to compare it to. But I was very entertained by this. Yeah, it's it's not too far off from the book. There are some things, and I just I was I was like, okay, now that I've I've listened to the audiobook, I may as well. I'm like, oh, they made a movie of it. I should see it. And yeah, I saw the trailers, and I was like, hey, this looks pretty interesting. I might want to see this, and then. Like some of the early reviews came out and said, eh, it's all right. And I was like, it's, eh. it's weird. Like the story is weird, right? Yeah. And this this was a point at which everybody's jumping on the we have to make a young adult series, yeah. right? Because you know Harry Potter was a money making machine. Hunger Games did really well, so the people keep looking. Right? Maze what if Runner? Mm-hmm. What if X Men was a young a young yeah. adult series? Is essentially what it boils down to. And there's some characters have. Very useful powers in some characters that have very useless powers. Yep. <laughs> but I'm glad to show that they actually show what the twins do, which was truly terrifying. <laughs> so, all right, there's one more movie on the list. It hasn't been released yet, so we can only go off of its trailer. Uh, next year, in March, is it March or February? March. It's February. Uh, hold on. Either or. It's Dumbo. Yeah. Tim Burton is doing another... Disney remake. It's amazing for a guy who left Disney under such a cloud when he was originally an animator, how much work he has done for Disney since. Coming out March. March, okay. Yeah. What do you guys think uh, of the trailer? Uh, uh, yeah, oh. yeah, March 29th, yeah. I thought the trailer was fantastic. I mean, the, tra- there's not, the trailer was fantastic. Whether that translates into a... A good movie. A good movie. I mean, cast-wise, you've got... You've got a lot of his old stalwarts. Yeah, Michael, Michael Keaton, Keaton, the thing is, the thing Michael is, Keaton Danny DeVito, Eva Green. The thing is, you, you from what you can see in the trailer, you really kind of have to separate yourself, divorce yourself from what you've seen in the animated movie, the original animated And movie. it looks like they're doing that, and they might be poking fun a little bit. Like, there were no talking animals in this movie. Right. But they dressed a mouse up in a ringleader outfit. I wouldn't be shocked if we saw a, a, a murder of racist crows. You know, just it's like just, a bunch of crows flying, and one of them's wearing a hat. You know, just. Well, I mean, when you when you know the original story of how Dumbo came to be, right? How Disney stretched that out, you know, from what was originally a small little booklet, right, into a feature animated film, and then you're looking at the trailers for this that and, barely clocks in over an hour, by right? Way. Yeah. Right, and then you're looking at the you're looking at the trailers for this, and you're like, mm, you know. And it, and it, and it, I hate to say this, but it looks very emotionally manipulative. Yeah. Now, oh, the fact that the dad is missing an arm. <laughs> that. Yeah. Actually, no, but it, 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 it's making all the obvious plays for your heartstrings, and it's like, uh... Oh, don't think they're not going to use baby mine in, oh, like... Yeah. Well, they've already the, used it in the, the trailer. Right, yeah. exactly. Right. But in the most stabby, stabby, stabby right. way possible. Right, and, and I'm sure it looks... Like I said, the trailer looks good, but... The one, the one scene I'm most looking forward to, the one scene I I know that Tim Burton is going to do the best out of... And, if, and he thought in that part of that movie, 
Pink elephants on parade. Absolutely. I just think it would be interesting if they actually incorporate the song in it. I, I, mm, yeah. I hope they do, but I, I, I'm, I'm dubious if they will. Because, I mean, so, like the, the Lion King trailer, it pretty much, it puts, you know, Circle of Life front and center. And right. they, they've got Hans Zimmer, Tim Rice, um, and Ellen John all coming back. So you know it's going to be musical. Right. This, I don't think, is a musical. No. No. This will be like uh, Cinderella or Maleficent. Or even or Jungle Book. Even Jungle Book really shouldn't be considered a musical, even no. though... King Louie broke out in a song for no good reason. Uh, yeah, I think because, because Christopher Walken likes to sing and dance. Yeah, okay. I, I think they. I and think who they, are we to say no? Yeah. If I had to guess, I'd say they go with the Jingle Jungle Book route, where, where, where it references the songs and right. might have bits of it, but it won't. So the songs will be playing like background as background, right? Like, yeah, something like that. But right. yeah, exactly. So, well, I mean, I'm interested in seeing what it's going to be like. This will be the last Disney release prior to us going. So, I, 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 I'm getting the same feeling I had for Alice in Wonderland, where it's going to be either really, really good or not really great. Well, I just I got to get past the uncanny. I got to remind myself the special effects probably have not been finished yet. Yeah, there is an, uh, the uncanniest of valleys going on right now. I, I'm, I'm always... Speaking of which, based on what we've seen so far, which looks better in terms of that? Lion King or Dumbo? Oh, Lion, oh, Lion King. King. Hands down, Favre, Lion King. Favreau had that technology down pat. And I, but here's yeah. the other thing, too. I wouldn't be one bit shocked if Disney dumped more money into Lion King. Oh, yeah. And they figure that if Dumbo does anything... Dumbo will do better... If Dumbo does better than Pete's Dragon... It's going to be considered a win. That's true. If yeah. it cracks 100 mil, it'll be considered a win. Yeah. Even though I don't know what it costs to make. Probably more than that, but we'll have to see. But I think, yeah, their their eggs are in the Lion King basket right now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they probably haven't even uh, released a budget oh, for it. Yeah. 2019 going to be a huge Yeah, they, they have Disney. a budget out yet. Oh, Jesus, yeah. Avengers 4. Ouch. Episode 9. You've got three Disney live action movies. Lion King. Captain Marvel. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. Is there another year. Marvel movie coming out after? Spider Man. But that's Sony. No, no, no. Oh, no, what no, about. No, the, uh, the Spider Man uh, Far Coming. From Home. Oh, yeah. Far yeah, From yeah. Home, that's right. Okay, yeah. sorry, I knew there were so three, three Marvel movies. Three Marvel movies. No, no, no but yeah, Marvel, yeah, but that's Sony. No, it's Marvel. MCU. I know, I know, but Sony's going to make. Ma- is making that movie, not Disney. Spider Man Spider Man Far From Home is a Marvel movie. It's an MCU movie, but it's made by Sony. Right. But it's still under the it's under the umbrella. Yeah, they're both gonna make money on it. Yeah. So anyway, that was our discussion of Tim Burton. I hope we we hope you enjoyed it. Um. So anyway, our next show will be our Christmas episode. <laughs> Yay! Another Christmas show. <laughs> Yay! This time we're gonna do something a little different than we usually do. Uh, we are going to be going back and looking at old Sears wish books. Uh, Joe, you had mentioned Montgomery, Montgomery Ward catalogs Ward, yeah. and anything else that we can think of. From our youth, um, in terms of catalog uh, Santa shopping. Yep. The one your mom made you mark up. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Circle. 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 Want. Ear leaf. Yep. <laughs> okay, I have this page. Oh, if only I had those little post-its with, like, little arrows on them. <laughs> Color-coded. <laughs> Okay, uh, this, this color means really important. This color means I really want it. This color means, eh, I'd like to have it. Right. So it's going to be a fun uh, trip down memory lane for us as we explore late 70s, early 80s fashions <laughs> and action figures, video games, Ugh. 
Oh, and science kits too, because there's a shitload of those in the yep. 78 catalog that I looked at today. <laughs> oh, science. No, 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 please. 78. Science! Science! So anyway, if you uh, want to get in on this goodness, you can email us at geeksaladradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook at Geek Salad Podcast or Twitter at Geek Salad Radio. You can also check out our entire archive at uh, geeksalad.podbean.com or via the Podbean app. You can also check us out wherever good podcasts are sold. Um, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, or uh, Google Music. Have they fixed the Google Music thing yet, Mike? Uh, I don't know. It's been really kind of spotty. I, I haven't. I've been mainly doing anything through either Spotify or Stitcher lately. Yeah. So, uh, work gave me an iPhone. I haven't subscribed to our, our thing yet because... <laughs> I don't use Why that do iPhone. Because I'm an iPhone master now. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Oh, the, uh, the sweet, sweet, treacly irony. <laughs> so, anyway, until next time, I'm Andy. I'm Mike. I'm Joe. I'm Catherine. Go forth and be nerdful. We'll talk to you later. How do you do it? How do you get all your friends to get baptized? Just so you can make a monster movie. It's not a monster movie. It's a supernatural thriller. Jesus, <laughs>